Yeah, be careful though. Jai, thank you. I'll take it off. I don't think I'll be wearing all <laughs> No, that will cover the whole body, you know. Hi, Krishna. Too much. Okay. I'll do the curtain, then I'll remove. <laughs> Jai Radha Madhava Jaya Kunja Bihari Jaya Radha Madhava Jaya Kunja Bihari Jaya Gopi Janavallabha Jaya Giri Varadhari Jaya Giri Varadhari Janavallabha Jaya Giri Varadhari Jaya Giri Varadhari Shodananda na Jaya Vrajajana Ranjana Jaya Shodananda na Jaya Prajajana Ranjana Jaya Yamuna Tiravana Chari Jaya Kunjabi Hari Jaya Yamuna 
तिरवन चारी जय कुंज जय राधा माधव जय कुंज जय राधा माधव जय कुंज हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे रामा राम राम हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 राम हरे राम 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 हरे 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 कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे हरे जय जय प्रभु 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 जय जय प्रभु
ಜೀವಮಿಷಬಾತ್ ಪರಮಹಂಸ ಪ್ರಾಚಿಕಾಚಾರ್ಯ ಅಷ್ಟೋತ್ತರ ಸದ ಶ್ರೀ ಶ್ರೀಮತ್ ಹಿಸ್ ಡೆವೆನ್ ಗ್ರೇಸೇಸಿ ಭಕ್ತಿವೇದಾಂತ ಸ್ವಾಮಿ ಹರಾಶೀಲ ಪ್ರಭುಪಾದ ಕೀ ಜಯ ಅನಂದ ಕೋಡಿ ವೈಷ್ಣವೃಂದ ಕೀ ಜಯ ನಮ ಶರೀಶಿಲ ಹರಿದಾಸ್ ಠಾಕೂರ್ ಕೀ ಜಯ ಪ್ರೇಮ ಸಗೋ ಜಯ ಶ್ರೀಕೃಷ್ಣ ಜಯದಿನ್ಯ ಬೃಹಮೃತಿ ಆನಂದ ಶ್ರೀ ದತ್ತಾಧಾರ ಶ್ರೀವಾಸಾದಿ ಗೋರ ಭಕ್ತವೃಂದ ಕೀ ಜಯ ಗ್ರಂಥರಾಜ್ ಶ್ರೀಮದ್ ಭಾಗವತಂ ಕೀ ಜಯ ಜಯಂತ ತಾಯಿ ಗೋರ ಪ್ರೇಮಾನಂದೇ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತೆ ವಾಸುದೇವಾಯ ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತೆ ವಾಸುದೇವಾಯ ಓಂ ನಮೋ ಭಗವತೆ ವಾಸುದೇವಾಯ we are reading from shrimad bhagavatam canto 7 chapter 4 entitled hiranyakashipu terrorizes the universe verse number ತ್ರದಂಡ ಸಂವಿಘ್ನಾಲಕ್ಯುತ ತ್ರದಂಡ ಸಂವಿಘ್ನ ಅನ್ಯತ್ರಬ್ಧ್ಯುತ ಇನ್ ದ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಲೈನ್ ತ್ರ ಇಸ್ ದರ್ ನೋಗ್ರ ಓ ಜಿ ಆರ್ ತ್ರ ತ್ರದಂಡ ಸಂವಿಘ್ನಾಲಕ್ಯುತ ತ್ರದಂಡ ಸಂವಿಘ್ನಾಲಕ ಅನ್ಯತ್ರದಂಡ ಸಂವಿಘ್ನಾಲಕ್ಯತ್ರಬ್ಧ ಶರಣ್ಯುತ್ರದಂಡ ಸಂವಿಘ್ನಾ 
ಅನ್ಯತ್ರ ಲಬ್ಧ ಶರಣಾ ಶರಣಮ್ಯಯುರಚ್ಯುತ ತಸ್ಯೋಗ್ರದಂಡ ಸಂವಿಘ್ನಾಯುರಚ್ಯುತ ತಸ್ಯಿಂ ಹಿರಣ್ಯಕಶಿಪು ಉಗ್ರದಂಡ by the very fearful chastisement samvignaha <coughs> disturbed survey or lokaha the planets sapalakaha with their principal rulers anyatra anywhere else alabdha not obtaining ಶರಣಾ ಶೆಲ್ಟರ್ ಶರಣಂ ಫಾರ್ ಶೆಲ್ಟರ್ ಯು ಅಪ್ರೋಚ್ಡ್ ಅಚ್ಯುತ ದ ಸುಪ್ರೀಂ ಪರ್ಸ್ನಾಲಿಟಿ ಆಫ್ ಗಾಡ್ ಹೆಡ್ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸ್ಲೇಷನ್ ಎವ್ರಿ ಒನ್ ಇನ್ಕ್ಲೂಡಿಂಗ್ ದ ರೂಲರ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ವೇರಿಯಸ್ ಪ್ಲಾನೆಟ್ಸ್ ವಾಸ್ ಎಕ್ಸ್ಟ್ರೀಮ್ಲಿ ಡಿಸ್ಟ್ರೆಸ್ಡ್ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಸಿವಿಯರ್ ಪನಿಷ್ಮೆಂಟ್ inflicted upon them by hiranyakashipu <coughs> fearful and disturbed unable to find any other shelter they at last surrendered to the supreme personality of godhead vishnu purported by his divine grace ac bhaktivedanta swami shrila prabhupada lord krishna says in bhagavad gita 529 ಭೋಕ್ತಾರಂ ಯಜ್ಞತಪಸಾಂ ಸರ್ವಲೋಕಮಹೇಶ್ವರಂ ಸುಹೃದಂ ಸರ್ವಭೂತಾಂತಿ ಮೃಚ್ಛತಿ ದ ಸೇಜಸ್ ನೋಯಿಂಗ್ ಮೀ ಆಸ್ ದ ಅಲ್ಟಿಮೇಟ್ ಪರ್ಪಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಆಲ್ ಸ್ಯಾಕ್ರಿಫೈಸಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಆಲ್ ಆಸ್ಟೇರಿಟೀಸ್ ದ ಸುಪ್ರೀಂ ಲಾರ್ಡ್ ಆಫ್ ಆಲ್ ಪ್ಲಾನೆಟ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಡೆಮಿಗಾಡ್ಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ದ ಬೆನಫ್ಯಾಕ್ಟರ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ವೆಲ್ವಿಷರ್ ಆಫ್ ಆಲ್ ಲಿವಿಂಗ್ ಎಂಟಿಟೀಸ್ ಎಟೈನ್ ಪೀಸ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ದ ಪ್ಯಾಂಕ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಮೆಟೀರಿಯಲ್ ಮಿಸರೀಸ್ the supreme personality of god had krishna is actually the best friend of everyone in a condition of distress or misery one wants to seek shelter of a well-wishing friend the well-wishing friend of the perfect order is lord shri krishna therefore all the inhabitants of various planets being unable to find any other shelter were obliged to seek shelter at the lord's feet of the supreme friend if from the very beginning we seek shelter of the supreme friend there will be no cause of danger it is said that if a dog is swimming in the water and one wants to cross the ocean by catching hold of the dog's tail certainly he is foolish similarly if in distress one seeks shelter of a demigod he is foolish for his efforts will be fruitless in all circumstances one should seek shelter of the supreme personality of godhead then there will be no danger under any circumstances om jnana timranthasya jnananchana shalakaya chakshurun militam yena tasmay shri gurave namaha 
ಶ್ರೀಚೈತನ್ಯಮನೋಭೀಷ್ಟಂ ಸ್ಥಾಪಿತಂ ಭೂತಲೆ ಸ್ವಯಂ ರೂಪಕದಾಮಹ್ಯಂ ದಾತಿ ಸ್ವಪದಾಂತಿಕಂ ಜಯ ಶ್ರೀಕೃಷ್ಣ ಚೈತನ್ಯ ಪ್ರಭು ನಿತ್ಯಾನಂದ ಶ್ರೀ ಅದ್ವೈತಕದಾಥ ಶ್ರೀವಾಸಾದಿಗೌರಭಕ್ತವೃಂದ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹರೇ ಕೃಷ್ಣ 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 ಹರೇ 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 ರಾಮ ಹರೇ ರಾಮ 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 ಹರೇ 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 ಕೃಷ್ಣ ಹಿಯರ್ ಇಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಮೆನ್ಷನ್ಡ್ ದಟ್ ದ ಡೆಮಿ ಗಾಡ್ಸ್ ಅಪ್ರೋಚ್ಡ್ ದ ಸುಪ್ರೀಂ ಪರ್ಸನಾಲಿಟಿ ಆಫ್ ಗಾಡ್ ಹೆಡ್ ಅಟ್ ದ ವೆರಿ ಎಂಡ್ when they couldn't find any other shelter it's mentioned all the people all the planets along with their masters approached the supreme lord for shelter because they couldn't find any other shelter they have been tortured by hiranyakashipu so this is the scene that we are seeing in here in bhagavatam so when we see there are two things we can see one the demigods and all the rulers of the entire worlds are approaching the lord however when are they approaching the supreme lord at last so this is a very striking point in this verse and translation and purport that they did approach the lord but at last <coughs> now that comes to the point when and how far a jiva take shelter of the supreme lord so it's a very pertinent question that when a jiva take shelter of the lord when does he do it immediately all the time intermittently when does he take refuge in the supreme lord when does he surrender so this is a a question and it is a very open question because it depends so the surrender or when does one surrender to the supreme lord depends on the consciousness it's not a plain answer but it is very much dependent on the consciousness behind if you want to ask this question when then it depends on the consciousness behind the jiva and here we can see there are different categories of jivas who surrender to the lord in different circumstances of course there is the jivas on the topmost level who is always surrendered unto the supreme lord they are of top consciousness here we are reading the seventh canto so there is obvious example of prahlad maharaj when did he surrender unto the supreme lord in the womb practically he was surrendered always he has he has taken shelter of the lord always he is an eternal devotee and of course there are multiple aspects to him but he is always under the shelter of the lord and so 
Shukadeva Goswami explains the characteristics of Prahlad Maharaj and it is very interesting. It is mentioned that even from childhood Prahlad was not interested in playing around. So you can read in the in the fourth chapter of the seventh canto. He was, you know, Nesta Kriyadanako Balo. Nesta Kriyadanaka. He is not interested in, he was not playful. And at the same time, he was completely engaged in devotion service and outwardly he looked like very dull. He was not speaking, he was looking very dull, silent, absorbed in Krishna consciousness. His mind was completely absorbed in Krishna consciousness. So this was the position of Prahlad Maharaj. So even before explaining the pastime of Prahlad Maharaj, the saintly son of Hiranyakashipu, even before that, we just went through, now we are in the fourth chapter, right? This is the fourth chapter. So towards the end of this chapter, this is explained, the characteristics of Prahlad Maharaj. And in the next chapter, you will see those qualities in action. Because you can hear the interaction with Hiranyakashipu and also his conversation to his teachers Shanda and Amarka. So at the end of this chapter, I will read a few verses and it is very interesting. Prahlad Maharaj was always absorbed in thoughts of Krishna, thus being always embraced by the Lord. He did not know his bodily necessities, such as sitting, walking, eating, lying down, drinking and talking, were being automatically performed. So this is the qualities of Prahlad Maharaj. He was completely oblivious to the external things and to the degree that he was not even aware of his own body. So this was the consciousness of Prahlad Maharaj. So here is an example of someone who is completely absorbed in Krishna. Because of advancement in Krishna consciousness, he sometimes cried, sometimes laughed, sometimes expressed jubilation and sometimes sang loudly. There is a verse in the 11th canto of Srimad Bhagavatam explaining the characteristics of an advanced devotee. Anyone knows this verse? Evam sopriyas namakirtya jatani rago hasachitta uche hasatyado rodi diraudi gaya tunmadavan nirtya diloga bahya this is the characteristics of a pure devotee, very advanced, unable to control his emotions. It is mentioned, evam svapriya namakritya. He always chants the, the names of his dear Lord and that too, the names which are very dear to him. Evam svapriya namakritya. Why he does that? Jada anuraga. Jada Anuraga, because love has manifested in his heart. So, Jata Anuraga. So, because of that, he hasati, he, sometimes he laughs. Uchai, Uchai means very loudly. <laughs> sometimes he laughs very loudly. And it's not a show, by the way. We had to be very mindful. It's not a show. It's very spontaneous. It's very natural. So, hasati Uchai, very loudly he laughs. Sometimes Rodadi, sometimes cries. Sometimes Nrityadi, sometimes dances. How? Unmadavat, as if he were mad. It appears that such a person is mad and that's what happened to Prahlad Maharaj. 
So, he manifests such characteristics and lokabahya. Lokabahya means without caring about others, without caring about the external circumstances. So, here we can hear about such kind of exalted consciousness who do not care about others and completely self-absorbed because of Krishna consciousness. And so, these symptoms are manifested spontaneously. Of course, same Prahlad Maharaj, when he preached, he was very much composed. He was very much contained. And he did speak philosophy very systematically in a convincing way to his school friends. You know what was one of the initial instructions that he mentioned to his friends? He said, now you are str strong and st stout. You are very good now. You're doing well. But in just a matter of some time, you will be embarrassed by your own body. <laughs> now you are strong, you are stout, you can do everything, but you will be embarrassed by your own body. So, and it will be an embarrassment. And before that, you take shelter of Krishna. So he mentioned many points. I'm saying he was very connecting to the demoniac classmates that, okay, you're good, but you will not be good in the future. And then eventually he says, Krishna is the real friend, as we can hear from the same purport. So it's a very beautiful uh, sections of shlokas where Plath instructs his schoolmates. So we can see that on one side, such pure devotees have this uh, characteristics which may not be appealing to the externals. It can look mad-like. But when they preach, they are very composed and very logical. And he, he goes on with so many things about the family attachment for this, that everything he explains very systematically. So we can see the same in the prayers of Prahlad Maharaj. Very philosophical, very composed, glorifying, analyzing the material nature very thoroughly. So it is not just acting mad, but when the time arises, they do preach very profoundly. So we had to see both sides. So we shouldn't see one side. So anyway, when we are talking about this absorption in Krishna, Prahlad Maharaj is, an, is a very classic example to the degree that he was unaware of the externals. And when Shanda and Amarka asked, what's really happening? What are you doing? What are you up to? So he answers, just like a magnet. How just like a piece of iron get naturally attracted to the magnet? You know, when, when we were kids, we used to play with magnets here, you remember? Take a small iron piece and there's a big magnet, we try to go near and you know, just being attracted. So, Prahlad Maharaj gives this example, I'm just like a small iron piece. It's just naturally being pulled towards the magnet and that magnet is Krishna. So he says, that's how it is beyond my control. I'm just being naturally attracted to Krishna. So this is the nature of such an exalted devotee who, and he, you know, who is in Krishna consciousness in such a degree that sometimes he, he feels or he experiences touch of Krishna. He feels the touch is Krishna is personally touching him. And sometimes, and he becomes jubilant, and sometimes he feels Krishna has gone away. I am not in touch with Krishna, Krishna has gone far away. So he starts crying. So these are all results of internal 
absorption. So here, with this consciousness, Prahlad Maharaj couldn't recognize danger. <laughs> when Hiranyakashipu ordered to kill his own son, they tried all different ways to kill him, isn't it? He was trying to thrown in front of the elephant, trying to be trampled by the elephant. He was just absorbed in Krishna and nothing happened to him. But the interesting thing is that he couldn't recognize the danger. Isn't it so exalted? <laughs> you know, he couldn't recognize the danger. He couldn't see danger as danger for an ordinary living being. He was given poison, he was tried to be drowned, he was put in a snake pit, put in the fire. But he didn't feel, he couldn't see danger. So this is one level of consciousness. So we are starting from very top, okay, very top level consciousness, where a devotee who is Krishna conscious cannot identify danger. What is danger, what is not danger. And in the same line, we can see another exalted devotee who is praying for danger. You know that example, right? <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> who is that? Kunti Maharani, you know. Vipata, Santita Sarva, Satratatra Jagadguru, Bhavato, Darshanam Yatsyat, Apunar Bhava Darshanam. So she prays that, I wish that all these calamities come again and again. Why? Has she got any particular liking for the calamities? Not really. We may think, you know, this is like a sadist mentality or what. We want to, we want to experience some kind of pain. No. What is the idea? So she mentions, Bhavato darshanam yatsyat apunar bhava darshanam. So in danger, I am deeply absorbed in Krishna. I think about Krishna. And so, I don't have to see again this samsara. In other words, she is attached to Krishna, not to the danger, <laughs> not to the vipada. She is not attached to vipada, but she is telling, when there is danger, I am completely absorbed in Krishna, and that in itself is liberation. So here the point is, thinking about Krishna is liberation. Thinking about Krishna is liberation, especially when you are talking about in such a deep fashion. So that is liberation. So that's why she's attached to, or apparently attached to vipada, apparently attached to the danger. So she's asking for danger so that she can be absorbed in Krishna and that is perfection. So here is a very important point that she considers remembrance as liberation. Remembrance of Krishna as liberation. In other words, Krishna is not promising that he would protect our material bodies or material situations. Rather, Krishna's protection is our Krishna consciousness. He protects our Krishna consciousness, not necessarily our body or circumstances. Then we would have lived here eternally. But that is not the case. Krishna protects the devotion. Krishna protects that we safely go through in our, go through in this world, such that our Krishna consciousness is protected. So that is the real mercy of the Lord. Otherwise, we become very external. We think that all the material circumstances Krishna is going to protect. It may not happen. And especially Krishna says, you know, the, the body is going to perish. 
and this is Dukkhalayam. Externally, yes, that's true. But for a devotee, a devotee is focused on one's own Krishna consciousness and others' Krishna consciousness. We do help others to sustain Krishna consciousness even materially, but ultimately we know that Krishna is going to help our Krishna consciousness, others' Krishna consciousness. So remembrance is liberation. So remembrance of Krishna means actually Krishna is there. Krishna is there means liberation. So it's not just talking about impersonal liberation, but being beyond the material clutches absorbed in Krishna. Hmm? So this is one kind of consciousness where a devotee is completely absorbed in Krishna and thinking about Krishna. Prahlad Maharaj, he was just thinking about Krishna. So he was oblivious to the external dangers. So we can see even Kunti Maharani is oblivious to external dangers in one sense. In the sense, she doesn't mind external dangers. She can recognize external dangers, but she doesn't mind because she can think about Krishna. In fact, we had to understand in the eighth chapter of first canto, she chants this verse straight after listing all the problems that she has gone through. Hmm? Isn't it? What is the beginning of the verse? Yeah. Vishan Mahagne Purishada Darshanat Asat Sabhayam Vanavasa Krichata Mridhe Mridhe Neka Maharatastrada Draunyastra Arebirakshita. So she lists, okay, Vishan. Krishna protected us from Visha, who? Bhima. Even from Bhima was a little boy. He was poisoned and thrown in, in, the, in, the, in the lake, right? In the river. Duryodhan administered some poison, gave him some poison cake. Bhima is happy to eat anything. So he, okay, here you eat cake. He ate the cake, it had poison. He fell unconscious, threw him in the waters. But nothing happened. Krishna protected because the snakes bit him in the water and it contracted. And then he was saved. You know, Purushada Darshanath, that, uh, what is the name of the Asura? Hidamba, try eating everyone every day, need one person, then Bhima killed him. So like that he lists different, different circumstances. Asat Sabhayam, Draupati was protected. Similarly, from the fire, the house of lack. So, so many examples she gives. So, and Mridhe Mridhe Neka Maharatastrataha. So in the battlefield of Kurukshetra, all these Maharadis were shooting arrows at Pandavas, but they were also protected. So he says, okay, we were protected in all these different ways, but now you can give us more dangers, more calamities. It's fine because all these times I was completely Krishna conscious. So this is very top standard and we don't pray like this, right? We have difficulty dealing with our own problems, which are given by our senses and mind and other things. So we don't pray like that, but we see this advanced consciousness and we such, see such rare souls like Prahlad. Hmm? Now, we are not there. However, the next level where we have to function is as a sadhaka, right? As a sadhaka. Hmm? Even in the same canto, we went through that chapter, where, first chapter, even uh, Narada Muni identifies himself as a sadhaka. Okay, perfected, but he, he says, I have I attained perfection, but through sadhana, sadhana bhakti. Yuyam bhaktiya vayam vibho. 
Bhaktiya Vayam. By the process of bhakti, by the process of sadhana bhakti, I attained perfection. Narada Muni says. So this is a standard that we can follow. Narada Muni is an eternal associate, but he has his sadhaka pastime, which we can read in the first canto of Bhagavatam, right? Narada Muni, step by step, making progress and attaining perfection. So this is an example in front of us where we are in the training process. We are in the training process. And here we had to train ourselves with the help of the devotee, spiritual master, in taking shelter of Krishna. It's like if you go to a swimming pool, there's a training session under progress, you see, where some students are getting trained in swimming. Seen that? Swimming. In swimming, how does it work? One swims, sometimes struggles, sometimes there will be drowning, so there is lifeguard. <laughs> Right? So this is the sadhaka process. So we may not be remembering Krishna all the time, we may not be taking shelter of Krishna all the time, but it is under training. And that's where we are at. And that's where it is mentioned, you know, always remember Krishna and never forget him. So this is the training process. This is the training process of sadhana bhakti, where we are trained to take shelter always. Hmm? We'll discuss that further on this training program. Hmm? It is very important to know more about this training program, where it is very clearly mentioned that sadhana bhakti or the process of surrender is not a theoretical process. Many times we may think it as a theoretical process. Surrender to Krishna, what, what does that mean? Have you heard this question many times? Yeah. What, is, what does it mean by surrender to Krishna? So it is not a theoretical process, but it is a practical process. And it has both external and internal aspects. Correct? Internal and external aspect. So in Chaitanya Jaitadamrita it is mentioned the six items of surrender. You remember? Sharanagati. Shadvitham Sharanagati. Which are they? Anukulyasya, Sankalpa, Pratikulyasya, Varjanam, then Dekshishyatiti, Vishwaso, Goptrupte, Varanam Tatha. Then Karpanye, Atmanikshebe, Shadvitham Sharanagati. Shadvitha Sharanagati. So six items of surrender are there. And when we try to understand these items are practical. Hmm? And interestingly, uh, great devotees like Bhaktivinoda Thakur expounds on these topics. It's very interesting how they write about these items of surrender. The so first one is Anukulisya Sankalpa. I may not be going through all, but a few steps we will go through. Anukulisya Sankalpa. First we will hear from the Acharya hmm? and then we will see how it is relevant in our own life. What is the meaning of Anukulisa Sankalpa? Accept whatever is favorable for devotion service. This is the first step in devotion service. So if you ask about surrender, what is practically surrender or taking shelter of Krishna? First thing is accepting things which are favorable for Krishna consciousness 
And hence, here, uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur uh, writes in his Sharanagati songs, very, very, very powerful statements, very powerful song by Bhaktivinoda Thakur. I'm not going to sing, it. I'll just read some of the translations. Bhaktivinoda Thakur says, I will surely execute with utmost care those activities favorable to, to your pure devotional service. Just note this point, with utmost care. So, being careful in our devo devotion service, being very punctual, being very systematic, getting this done, things done properly, that is very important aspect of surrender. So, surrender doesn't mean just, you know, you know I have the feel, and you know, I have the emotion. No, say, utmost care, I will perform my devotion service. Then he writes, I will feel fondness for those things in this world which are condu conducive to pure devotion and with my senses I will engage them in your service. Can you see? So we use the senses, the senses in Krishna's service. So Bhaktivinoda says, I will definitely use things which are useful in Krishna's service. Then, I will carefully listen to all discussions concerning you. Hearing. Hmm? And satisfaction of my eyes will be to behold your divine abode. Hmm? Or the deities we can see. Then he writes, I will partake in prasadam. Can you see? Th these are practical steps in devotion service. And not just, I will only take prasadam. Hmm? Not just any, sometimes prasadam, but I will only accept prasadam, nothing else. I will nourish my body with the sacred remnants of your food and smell the sweet scent of tulsi leaves adorning those offerings. With my hands, I will always execute your service and I will forever dwell at that place where you abide. Meaning, live in the association of the devotees. That is the conducive place for devotion service. So these are practical steps, isn't it? I'll practically, I will do devotion service. I will stay with the devotees. So these are, these are the first step in surrender. First step in surrender. So don't think that these activities are independent of surrender. When Krishna says, Sarva dharma maam ekam sharanam raja, these are part of it. And we had to perform them carefully. Now you see, he says further, I employ my desire in your devotion service and show anger to those who are envious of you. Hmm? Means rejecting. Me meaning, of course, not necessarily you know, externally showing anger, but we avoid them. So that is actually part, part of them. And wherever is required, we show our emotion of anger as well. Hmm? but with discrimination. <laughs> you had to be careful. Mm -hmm. In this way, my, may all my propensities and emotions obtain dignity and glory by being favorable to you. Mm. I'll read the last verse. Bhaktinoth knows neither religion nor irreligion. He simply prays that all his activities be conducive for Pure devotion to you. Can you see? So, so, so clear, isn't it? 
very clear. So we can see even in our devotion service, we had to accept things which are favorable. So we saw many practical things. So these are items of surrender. So they are not independent. And next one I will go through some of the Pratikulyasya Varjanam. He goes very elaborately rejecting you know, different philosophies like you know, karma, jnana, yoga, and just only accepting pure devotion service, rejecting mayavad. So he has songs about everything. But I will just read one translation, uh, which is very interesting and very important. I vow to abandon without compromise all actions contrary to your devotion service. We can see four agility principles <laughs> very clearly. Then I will keep company with no one opposed to devotion service, nor even look at the face of a person inimical towards Goranka. Isn't it very interesting? Because I will not keep company of somebody who is against devotion service. We may say hi to many people, but internally no connection. Please read here further. I shall never reside at a place unfavorable for devotional practices. And may I never take pleasure in non-devotional works. Isn't it very practical? I don't want to stay a place where there is no devotees. It's not favorable for devotion service. So we had to be very careful where we are staying. So don't think that coming in association with the devotees, you know, moving away from material association, it is something wrong or anything. It is an item of surrender. It's an item of surrender. Here, the next one, again, very important. I will read no book opposed to pure devotion. How is that? Nor listen to any explanation which disagrees with pure devotional principles. So, again, when I was going through, I was thinking about it. It's so amazing. Actually, our surrender is very practical, isn't it? It is not something theoretical. No, these are items of surrender which we are meant to practice. At a sadhaka level, we are meant to practice. Of course, Bhaktivinoda Thakur's song goes to the highest level. In his Siddha Swarup, he you know, accepts and rejects things which, which are not applicable in our stage. You know, on his original position, what is favorable for him, what kind of services that he wants to do, and what he wants to reject. So he mentioned all these kind of things. So we can see that this is from the very sadhaka level, which are very practical for all of us. Then, <clears throat> I will never regard as sacred place where Goranga is rejected. Hmm? Any knowledge hindering pure devotion service, I consider worthless. Any season, any reason which opposes obstacles to devotion service shall find no favor with me. And I will consider all, all relatives or family members averse to pure devotion as strangers. Can you see? <laughs> Anyone who is averse to pure devotion service as strangers. Hmm? Of course, we, we speak to or we preach to strangers, so it's okay. We can preach to anyone. <laughs> that is there. But if somebody is opposed to, then they are not considered as our friends or we don't take intimate guidance with them. We don't intimately associate with them. These are very practical. Hmm? 
So in this way, he rejects the atheist and he rejects that which is not favorable for devotion service. Bhakti note, falling at the feet of the Lord begs for the strength to give up all obstacles to pure devotion. Isn't it a very amazing prayer? Hmm? Bhakti Vinod Podi Prabhur Charane Magiya Shakati Pratikulera Varjane. I found it is very relevant for all of us. Such a prayer. That is, please give me Shakti, give me strength to reject things which are unfavorable to devotion service. Of course, this topic continues because this is a very long topic. You know, it, it keeps going. But I found it is very practical. So this is surrender. So taking practical steps to accept devotion service and go away from things which are unfavorable for devotion service, that is surrender. And this can be applied in all different levels. It can be applied very much internally because when the thoughts are coming to our mind which are unfavorable to be detached and take shelter of Krishna, this is very practical. And externally, a circumstance which is disturbing us, moving away from that. So this is the devotee association. This is the purpose of devotee association. Where we can get guidance and we can get shelter. Hmm? Definitely, I'll read one more. Hmm? <laughs> because that was very it was really good. Because it's about, what is the third point? Who, is, who gives protection? Krishna gives the protection. Krishna is the real protector. Hmm? So I'll just read a few of them. Here Bhaktivinoda Thakur positions himself as a calf or a cow of Krishna. What is the nature of calf or a cow? A cow is completely taken care by the cow head, isn't it? They cannot really protect themselves so much. If a wild animal is attacking, can a cow do anything? No, really. A calf can do anything? Nothing. They are completely dependent on the master, isn't it? So in other words, such a calf or a cow is not meditating on his own protection. Rather, the calf has given that task, that responsibility to the master. Can you see the mood here? So this is the meaning of Rekshishyasi the Vishwaso. So Bhaktanathaku, he speaks on that platform where he has given that responsibility to the Lord. You know, I am surrendered, now you protect and you are the protector. I cannot do anything. Still, at the same time being, being very practical. So this is the two things. On one side, 100% understand that Krishna is a protector, at the same time doing the needful. Oh Lord, I am confident of your protection for like one of your cows or calves, I am your treasured property. A calf in Vrindavan is being completely protected by Krishna. Any demon, anyone attacks or the forest fire, Krishna protects. Oh Madhava, I see you leading your herds to pasture on the bank of the Yamuna. You call to them by gently playing your flute. By slaying giant demons such as Agha and Bhaga, 
you will always provide full protect protection o google kana fearless and confident of your protection i will drink the water of the yamuna the kaliya serpents venom poison the yamuna's water yet that poison will not act you will purify the yamuna and by such heroic deeds enhance our faith can you see so i'm just giving some of the verses not the whole but this is the meaning of rakshashirita vishwaso and there the very important point comes that a pure devotee or even a sadhaka doesn't think that demigod is our protection so as is mentioned in the purport what is the example given to cross over the dangers of this world by taking shelter of demigods is compared to what exactly <laughs> holding on to the tail of a dog because the samsara cannot be crossed over by the strength of the demigod because they themselves are within the samsara and that is especially shown in this verse because they are being punished by hiranyakashipu and now they are taking shelter of the supreme lord because they don't have any other shelter so even the devatas ultimately take shelter of krishna so that's what we are seeing here so a devotee do not take shelter of the demigods rather they go to the supreme lord krishna because there is no other shelter as it's shown by here because demigods couldn't protect themselves from the punishments of hiranyakashipu he was such a powerful demon hmm? can you see that so that is this verse where we see that krishna is the real friend suhrudam sarvabhutanam gyatvamam shantim ruchyati so krishna is the real friend and he can protect he can guide us through so this is the uh, nature of surrender and for a sadhaka we had to take the practical steps so in the later verses bhaktinath thakur says that i am protecting your household bhaktinath thakur doesn't say that i am not doing anything he's saying you know i am doing i am protecting your household i am protecting your house your family so that is the mood so even though he understand that krishna is the protector he is doing the needful he is not oblivious to his responsibilities but he sees that he is serving krishna in his actions now here a sadhaka is trained to take shelter of krishna by by our sadhana by our service by associating with the devotees these are all part of the process of surrender however demigods on what category they fall which category they belong to are they sataka eh okay here what characteristics are they demonstrating hmm at last surrendering what does that mean so for one who is completely absorbed in krishna so always surrendered 
a sadhaka is trying to come to that platform. So sometimes do the writing, sometimes one may miss the path. <laughs> so that is a sadhaka. Whereas here, this verse is talking about the demigods, the devatas, who are ruling all these planetary systems. Where do they fit into? But generally, they have a broad category. Yes. So they are mixed, meaning sakama. Sakama. Primarily sakama means they have material desires. So they, they really go through their enjoyment of this world, differing, living in different abodes. And when they are in danger, they know whom to approach. This is the general nature of this materialistic devotees or Sakama Bhaktas. When they are in problem, they know, go to Krishna, go to Vishnu. They know that. But before that, they forget Krishna. They are completely absorbed in material enjoyment. So it can be the demigods or it can be so many people here. You know, when they are in danger, they come to the temple, they pray. And after that, they become very relaxed and they go through their own normal chores of life. So, <laughs> so the demigods belong to them. So that is the demigod mentality. So demigod mentality is that I am, I am a devotee, but I also want to enjoy. I want, I want a share in this world. I want to enjoy in this world. That is the demigod mentality. And Prabhupada actually criticizes that mentality. So Prabhupada says, look, if one is always surrendered to Krishna, there is no danger. Why there is no danger if one is always surrendered to Krishna? Why? Yeah, Krishna is looking after them. Yeah, on the highest platform, they don't experience even danger. Even though there is physical danger, they don't experience. Or, as we mentioned about Kunti Maharani, the, the real protection is Krishna consciousness. In other words, they are always under the shelter of Krishna, they are already liberated in that sense. Why living in this world? Because they are remembering Krishna. Because that is the only protection. So Krishna may or may not protect the body, he may or may not protect the external circumstances, but he will protect the devotion. That is the essential point. Otherwise, uh, you know, we pray sometimes, you know, protect this devotee, right? But it's up to Krishna externally, the Lord wants to protect or not, in terms of the body. Somebody is very sick, we say, you know, let Krishna protect. But it's up to Krishna. Krishna can take or he can leave that devotee, isn't it? And we see this all the time. That is a standard established by Srila Prabhupada. Even, even the most difficult circumstances, what is the prayer that Srila Prabhupada gave to his disciples? If you so desire, exactly, please save our master. Prabhupada said to his disciples, okay, if you so desire, you can pray like this, if you so desire, Krishna protect our master. In the sense, the body, okay, in terms of other protection, he's always protected. But in terms of the body, yes, if you so desire. So ultimately, uh, we are trained to think in this way. If you so desire, it's up to Krishna. When you speak to Devotees, especially senior devotees, they always say, okay, okay, Prabhu or Maharaj, okay, we'll see you tomorrow. What do they say? Krishna willing. Krishna willing, <laughs> if Krishna willing, we'll see you tomorrow. 
Otherwise, there is no assurance. So they are very conscious of Krishna's sanction or Krishna's desire. So that is actually part of pure devotional service. That is part of the training that if Krishna willing, this will happen. It is up to Krishna. So it's a step that we take in which uh, we try to remember Krishna in every step. We try to, and that is very important. Recently I was uh, in Vrindavan and uh, you know, I, I was, you know, I was there when His Holiness Kadampakarana Maharaj was going through different stages, you know, up to Samadhi. And then we can see such an exalted devotee absorbed within in Krishna all the time. It, it, is, it is just amazing. You know, speaking to the devotees, went to his apartment, you know, took part in Kirtan. And all the time we can see how such an exalted devotee is absorbed in Krishna. All the time. All the time. Like sometimes, you know, maybe speaking or not speaking, we're sitting or lying down, but one is deeply absorbed in Krishna. That's why the last stage of such an exalted devotee is very, uh, very important. Because now is the time a devotee actually performs in max. In the complete absorption in Krishna. Complete absorption. This is actually in one sense, Nirjan Bhajan. Prabhupada had his Nirjan Bhajan. Nirjan Bhajan means, now it's not actually the time for preaching. Hmm? But they are preaching still. But they are preaching by their example. They are preaching by their example. We can see that, how devotees are actually completely focused on Krishna. And that example actually inspires all of us, isn't it? It is such an inspiration. It is showing that, okay, it is possible. Or we had to be serious. So this verse and this purport is actually a wake-up call for all of us. Saying, okay, we had to be serious. This is not the time to relax. And this is a dangerous place, by the way. <laughs> so for a pure devotee, may not see the danger. But for us, for a sadhaka, what we had to see, this is a place of calamity. We had to remind ourselves that this is a place of calamity. This is a dangerous place. That actually helps us to be serious in our Krishna consciousness. Don't think that it's not a dangerous place. It's a place of calamity. Every step is a calamity, isn't it? Everyone dies, right? We are afflicted with all different kinds of diseases. And if you, if you read the newspaper, <laughs> you only read calamities, <laughs> you know. It is better sometimes not to read the newspapers, you know, because it's all about calamities. So it's a place of calamities, and in the, in the presence of calamities, what do we think? It's a nice place, and I can close my eyes and I can enjoy. This is the nature of a sadhaka, isn't it? We are all sadhakas, so we're trying to be sadhakas. We can see, sometimes here, there, the mind is strongly preaching us, that, okay, we can enjoy, we can have some fun here. It's not a dangerous place. We can have our share of some amount of sense gratification. Literally. We think like that. So, here, Prabhupada is pointing out very clearly, look, Krishna is a supreme friend, and in all circumstances, one should take shelter of Supreme Personality of Godhead. Then, 
there will be no danger under any circumstances. So this is a very strong message that we have. So to internalize that, we had to actually think in our devotional life. We had to reflect in our devotional life. I have a lot of experience just, you know, going through the day after day, just doing things. I know these are the services, I just do it. Have you had that experience? You know, just these are the services. I know I have the list today, I'm very busy. I did, okay, first, second, third, I, I did everything. Or I couldn't do everything, I, I did some of them. Have you that experience? Just going through it, if, whether it's a morning program or the service during the day or evening, we just go through it. However, if you want to go a bit deep in our devotion service, we will have to reflect. This is very important. We had to reflect on our actions. We had to reflect on our devotion service. That is, uh, what is the consciousness behind? Am I actually serious? Am I praying? Even coming in front of the deities, even chanting? We had to think, am I actually praying? What do I want from Krishna? Am I just doing it? Or am I actually going internal? Am I actually thinking about Krishna? Am I really praying to Krishna? And what do I need? What's my prayer? These are very important questions because Krishna will reciprocate to our prayers. So these prayers are very critical. So we had to see what do we want. Hmm? We go to Dham. We go to the holy places. We go to Giriraj. We go to Mayapur. Then what's in our consciousness? What are we praying to Giriraj? Are we telling our real problems? Are we taking shelter, which we can do here? We have Giraj here as well. So are we doing this? This is very important. Because that actually helps us to go deeper. Otherwise, we can do devotion service very mechanically. Means we get things done, but we are not going internal. So it, going internal really helps, very much helps to keep the consciousness. At least sometime, okay, how it is going? There will be check and balances. So here, uh, it's a very important point to reflect upon. And then the prayers by Bhakti Thakur makes a lot of sense. We connect to those prayers. When we try to remember Krishna, and when we are in front of tribulations or in front, in front of some kind of temptations, these kind of prayers give us strength. Hmm. So Bhakti Thakur says, kindly give me strength so that I can keep away from things which are unfavorable to devotional service. So I stop here and see if there are any questions or comments. Yes, Prabhu. Hare Krishna Prabhu, thank you for the nice class. Um, I have two questions. Mm. So one is you mentioned about the two levels of devotees. One is Prahlad marriage for whom the dangers doesn't even register as danger. And then you mentioned about the sadhakas who have the who who do who try to do the sadhana and try to take shelter? Um, we see in the case of Rajavasis, um, you know, when there was fire, and the Gopas called out to Krishna, you know, to help. So they not only registered that as a danger, but they also called out for help and protection. So, but that was not the case for Prahlad Maharaj. So how do we understand that? Yes. 
so on the pure devotional platform devotees act in different ways to give pleasure to krishna in case of the cowherd boys in the presence of fire indeed they called out to krishna but what happened when they went inside the mouth of agasur were they calling out to krishna no what did they do they were clapping hands they were singing they were having a good time <laughs> right so a pure devotee can act in different ways according to what gives pleasure to krishna hmm? what gives pleasure to krishna so that can differ in case of prahlad maharaj he is epitomizing smaranam isn't it he is epitomizing smaranam remembrance of krishna so he is completely absorbed in krishna so he is in complete smaranam so he doesn't have time to or he is not in a consciousness to ask krishna okay help me but he is just completely absorbed in krishna can you see so he is epitomizing that smaranam whereas gopas depending on the past time they call out for krishna or they may not and either case krishna protect protects so that is rakshishadi the vishwasa because they know that krishna protects even they were entering the mouth of agasur they knew there is some danger isn't it they understood there is danger because they, they could smell meat <laughs> meat burning meat in the mouth of agasur so they could see but they were telling krishna is there let's go let's have a fun and then krishna was thinking oh krishna was thinking what's really going on here these cowherd boys and calves they are entering the mouth of a demon so krishna was concerned krishna was really concerned and he was thinking how to protect and he was to some degree he was a bit surprised by the influence of yoga maya so this is past time can you see this is past time where krishna has that vismayaras he was amazed how they are going inside and how can i protect them then he had to think then he came up with the right means a very unique means to protect, protect the cows and the goat boys he went and he also entered inside and then agar so that was the time he was waiting to close the mouth and then he expanded and just killed akasar so there is always rasa is there so on pure devotional platform you can see all different kinds of flavors but all for the pleasure of krishna so it is it is difficult for us to understand what gives pleasure to krishna on that level so we can just read <laughs> we can understand but we cannot be judgmental about it no the cowherd boys would have called or they shouldn't have called we cannot say that that's all on the top platform yeah yeah
Yes. So for us, uh, we may complain to Krishna for different circumstances. Even Krishna may fulfill our desire, but the way he wants, not the way, not the way we want, right? And we have the tendency to complain. Yes, because we are not advanced. We are not even proper sadhakas. We are trying to be a sadhaka. And so we haven't really understood what is for the pleasure of Krishna. Right? So that's why we do complain. Because of our own ignorance. Because of our own anarthas. So the point is, we can pray to Krishna, but we cannot give the solution to Krishna. You understand? We can pray to Krishna, but we, we think that we want to give the solution to Krishna. So that's our problem, isn't it? We think that I have a problem and I have a solution and Krishna should be the executor of the solution. But Krishna is more intelligent than us. He's a Supreme Lord. So he will not allow that. He will say, okay, you have a problem, you can come to me, but solution I'll give. But that I like, what I like, what Krishna likes, not what we want. So indeed, Krishna reciprocates to all prayers, not some prayers. Any sincere prayer, Krishna reciprocates. But it may take advancement to see his reciprocation, that's all. For us to see his reciprocation, it may take advancement. But Krishna reciprocates always. So no prayer is in vain, it's always there. So our mentality is we are attached to a particular solution. Problem, okay, we want to solve the problem, which is okay, because it can be difficult to perform devotional service in that particular circumstance. It may be affecting our bhakti. So we do approach the Lord, that's the right thing, but don't give the solution. Why do we give the solution? Because we are attached, we think we are more intelligent than Krishna. We know the solution. So we want an executor. But that executor, that doer, you know, Hirsha is not our doer, he's not our, you know, order carrier in that sense. So that is, that, that is our mentality. Then you mentioned that, okay, we, to protect ourselves, we, we try our things and then approach Krishna. But the right thing is, think about Krishna and use our abilities. And then not use our abilities without thinking about Krishna and then finally surrender. Rather, first, first think about Krishna and use these abilities which are given by Krishna so that Krishna consciousness continues. Can you see the difference? So if there is an issue, first think about Krishna and use our abilities. So that is Krishna consciousness. Rather than just try everything without thinking about Krishna and at the end Nothing is working, oh Krishna. So st start from talking about thinking of Krishna. Yeah, I'm in a difficulty. I'm trying to do this. But can you see that connection going? So that is a conscious connection we are trying to establish, we are trying to practice. That is part of the sadhana. So th that endeavor is required. We had to train ourselves in difficulties. Even it can be a small things, they're thinking about Krishna. We don't have to wait for a big, big danger, but in a small, small thing, think about Krishna and use our abilities because ultimately the abilities are given by Krishna. So that way we can make it practical, step by step, tangible, small step at a time. In that way, make it practical.
Igen, Edmike. My question is regarding uh, the items of surrender. Mm. Um, particular what Bhaktivinoda Thakur mentions, he mentioned like that we should um, avoid the association of non-devotees. Like if we see even the face, we should not even see the face, right? Or we should not read the books of persons whose conclusions are averse to devotional service. Yes. But then we see in our modern society, it's really materialistic. And then we have many devotees who are like working for people who are non-devotees, not just seeing their face, but basically, you know, running behind them and doing whatever they want them to do. And then people studying universities, reading so many books averse to the conclusions of devotional service. So what do we do about that? Like, because then a devotee might be practicing for two, three hours a day, and then yeah. the other eight hours he's doing all that other stuff. Yes, we can hear the example of Bhaktivinoda Thakur himself. He was not working for a pure devotee. He was working for the British Raj, for the British government, right? Working, you know, six hours a day. Isn't it six hours a day? Three hours in the morning, lunch break, and three hours afternoon. And he, he was a magistrate, and he used to make the judgments all the time, very efficient. But we had to see his life other 18 hours. <laughs> Isn't it? 18 hours we can see. What was his life? 18 hours. Completely absorbed in Krishna, isn't it? Sleeping only for a few hours, writing books, reading books, engaging in discourses. He himself preached to so many people. Not to devotees, he did see the face of <laughs> non-devotees. So here we had to understand the principle. The principle is, even a work or study atmosphere which is affecting very badly your Krishna consciousness, we had to make a call. We had, we had to make a decision about it. If a work, even study, if it is really uh, killing your Krishna consciousness, we may have to give up. Simple, as simple as that. We will have to do that, isn't it? We have to find another job or another circumstance where we can be Krishna conscious and uh, that circumstance or the situation is not really uh, depleting our Krishna consciousness completely. So it, it's a matter of practice. It's a matter of prioritizing. So we had to see where we stand and we had to take the proper guidance. So yes, for the most of the devotees, we we'll have to work. But why do they work? Who is the maintainer? I had to do this action. That is the next point. Who is actually providing me? Krishna is providing. So one has to see Krishna is providing. Even though I am a boss, I have my job, I have my salary, I have some other source of income. We had to see actually Krishna is actually helping me. If we have that mentality, that helps. So it's a cultivation. So Bhaktivinoda Thakur himself didn't give up everything. Yes, in his later life he did. But during his Grihastashram, he was maintaining the family. He was seeing the family, of course, their devotees, as Krishna's family. And uh, he was earning, he was using for Krishna's service. So we had to be balanced. At the same time, uh, work study is one thing, but we can develop taste in reading books which are non-devotional and which are not really necessary. <laughs> that, is a, that, is a, that is a real problem we deal with. Also, uh, it's not the matter of work or study where we have a reason to associate. 
associated the seeing at least, uh, but we may develop a taste in associating and being in the company of non-devotees. We may enjoy that. That's where the problem. That's where the real problem is. And since we are just trying to be sadhakas, we have that problem. We enjoy the materialistic association to some degree or the other. And we want to be in their company because that remind us, that reminds us of our previous materialistic lifestyle. And we enjoy that. Missing, you know? I'm missing that, okay, I'll get a taste of it now. <laughs> Can you see the consciousness? So that we had to be very careful about. So preaching sake we may associate, but leave it at there. But we had to see, we are not just enjoying that aspect. Going here or there or doing this or that, talking junk, nonsense. Can you see that? So that's where the real problem is. But uh, if we are actually using it for our livelihood and which is not really draining our Krishna consciousness completely, then it is okay. Because there is a purpose for our work or study or whatever. Because to give our, ourselves Krishna consciousness and to give Krishna consciousness to others. Because, yeah. So one has to be very careful. But even if you do that, other aspects we had to be very careful. Reading, associating with materialistic things and books, whatever. Very strong, we have that kind of tendency very strongly. Even in our own mind, what to speak about outside, the materialistic thoughts which, are, which may come to our mind, we want to associate with that and we don't want to get rid of that. <laughs> what to speak about anyone else. Okay, Prabhu has a question. We classified demigods as Sakama devotees. Yes. So the question is, following the ISKCON process and formula, what kind of devotees will turn up to be? We? Yeah, the, the followers of ISKCON. We, where we are? We are trying to be sadhaka. So, what is the meaning of sadhaka? What is the definition of a sadhaka? A sadhaka is following, by the way, pure devotion service. Okay? A sadhaka means there can be failures, but sadhaka is following pure devotion service. And what is the guiding verse for this? Anyabhilashita shunyam, jnana karmadi, anavradam, anukuliyena, krishnanu shiranam, bhakti ruttama. So, we are followers of uttama bhakti. We are followers of pure devotion service. Of course, not in the matured, highest stage. It may be immatured stage, but still we are followers. How? Anyabhilashita shunyam. We don't go in front of the Lord, or if we, are, if, we are, if we are actually a sataka, we don't go in front of the Lord and ask for material things. Simple. That's not part of our process. Hmm? Of course, some devotees actually confess to me, asking Krishna for, I am asking Krishna for a better house, better car. It's a reality. Some of the congregational devotees have told me, I asked for this, I asked for this, I asked for this thing. And it's going on in my life. We had to stop that. It's not the uh, person who is just, you know, lying on the street and nothing is there, you know, I had to... No, all doing pretty well. Still, the material desires are so strong that asking explicitly to Krishna for this and that. that that's not really coming to the platform of sadhana bhakti, hmm? a proper sadhana bhakti, even though one is chanting 16 rounds, okay? 
So we are not yet there. So that's why sadhana bhakti means don't ask Krishna for material things. One. Then jnana karmadi anavartam. So, you know, all this impersonal materialistic or, you know, impersonal philosophy, you don't get into it. We don't read all those kind of stuff. We don't believe in all those kind of stuff. So that is the... Then anukuliyana krishnanishilnam, which we discussed today. And then engage in sadhana bhakti. Chant 16 rounds, do devotion service, follow for regulatory principles. Then that is bhakti uttama. That is uttama bhakti. So that's what we are meant to do. So we, there can be always, there can be some slips, but that it is quite different from explicitly approaching Krishna for material things. That is actually Sakama Bhakti. If you are regularly going to Krishna and, you know, do this for me, do that for me, give me this, give me that, that's actually Sakama Bhakti. That one is not coming to the standard of Sadhana Bhakti as is given by Srila Prabhupada Rupa Goswami. We are not coming to that platform. So we had to be very mindful because Sakama Bhakti is not going to give us results of Bhakti. So yes, we may have those kind of issues, but we had to give up. We had to take step towards that in the association of the devotees. Because in the association of the devotees, we see examples and those examples are nourishing, inspiring. So that helped us. And we also talked about Kunti Maharani asking for trouble. Yes. So, are we saying that when there is no trouble, she is not Krishna conscious? Okay, here Kunti Maharani is always Krishna conscious. However, she feels she is more intensely remembering Krishna in the face of calamities. That's all. But she is always Krishna conscious. She is a pure devotee. Always with Krishna. So, these are her emotions. Why such emotions? It is instructional as well. It's teaching us in the time of danger, think about Krishna. So it's instructional as well. And she's, that is her bhav. Her emotion, her emotion in her devotion that calamity is not a problem, let them come, I'll think more about Krishna. So that is her bhav, her mood of devotion. Of course, that is not something which we can follow, nor what Pradhamaraj did. We think about Krishna and we do the necessary steps. But we think about Krishna, we take dependent on Krishna, that's the point. Okay. In general, I find that whenever there are festivals, everybody is more Krishna conscious. So we should just pray for more festivals. Mm. Actually, that, that is a spiritual world. Every day is a festival. Hmm? But for that, we had, to be, we had to prepare ourselves. Actually, every day is a festival. We come, come for Mangalarati, come for Darshanarati. It's actually like a festival, isn't it? Every day is a festival. So beautifully, the lordships are dressed. It's a festival. Only thing we don't see. <laughs> so we need to pray for that consciousness. Yeah. But at the same time, festival is a good example because everyone is very enthused. Prabhu, can I get one service? Can I get some service today? Isn't it? Maybe let it be in the kitchen, maybe the courtyard, maybe the altar, you know, I want some festival. So, yes, indeed, <laughs> that's a very good example. That's actually a very nice mood. So, Bhaktivinoda Thakur says that complete absorption in a festival is very, very uplifting and that can help chanting. If it is a very distracted chanting, uh, absorption of, uh, in the festival can really help. 
So it's a good point because the festival, the mood is completely different. Of course, the Lord is more merciful, giving more mercy, and the devotees are more enthusiastic. So there is a pure devotional mood is present.